0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: All right, my man, Grice. Uh, it's that time again, talking preps overtime. Last week, we kicked it off. And man, I don't know what you've been hearing Uh, But the response I've gotten with Coach Hales, the
0: mayor, by the way, uh, has just been remarkable. Um, So, man, I thought we'd do it again. It's been amazing. And I think, you know, something that we all wanted to do here, I even think I underestimated how great it would be, one, for the coach. You know, I felt like Coach Hales was beaming when he kind of went down memory lane and, and really enjoyed the conversation. And I thought the general public, you know, got to know Coach Brian Hills kind of beyond just what you see on Friday nights. And I thought it was a great addition. And I mean, I think we continue to take it uh, to the next level every week. And I don't think that's anything different with our guests this week. Well, last week I thought that
1: I picked the mayor of CMS coaches. Well, this week's going to be one of the mayors of the state, period. And, and again, it's another coach that I've been really uh, fortunate to, to be good friends with over the years, Coach Jeff Craddock at Tarboro. Can you believe he's won six state championships? And, oh, hey, there he is, Coach. Hey, welcome to the program. Well, hey, thanks, thanks for having me on this uh, hot Sunday.
2: Got me off the pool and cooking. I'm in air conditioning now, so uh, thank
0: you. Well, well you-, Coach, you, you know, we wouldn't bring you here if it wasn't for, you know, some good conversation and it wasn't for, you know, the, you know, you were to allow us the privilege of getting to know you and for all of our, our listeners. But, you know, we wanted to you know kind of have you on again. You know, you've been doing some great things in the eastern part of the country. Or sorry, eastern part of the state. Excuse me. But, you know, I wanted to get our viewers you know to, to get an understanding of who you are. Can you talk a little bit about your coaching history and background and how you got to be where you are now? Um,
2: yeah, I've, I've been blessed. Obviously, I had no intention of um, staying in Tarboro, North Carolina. Um, my wife, obviously, we're from Ohio, hence my you know Buckeye roots right here. But um, I, uh, we, we had to pick between Hertford County, who we just played, and Tarboro and, and, and West Meck back in 1995. Me and my wife's cousin wanted to coach together. And we couldn't do it in Ohio. So we decided to relocate. Didn't want to go too far away from family. Didn't want to go to Florida or Georgia. And so we just kind of looked at the map and said, well, North Carolina's, they got good weather and that's a great state. And we just kind of picked the state of North Carolina to move to. And um, I never wanted to be a head coach at all. He was the head coach and, and I was going to be the defense coordinator. So we ended up – I'm trying to make this as, you know, short as I can, but we ended up calling the North Carolina High School Athletic Association back in 95, and uh, there was three schools that needed a PE teacher and a, um, a history teacher. I was a history teacher at that time, and those three schools hit the bill, and um, I just – when we came to Tarboro, I just loved it, and um, we got hired, and so We moved. In 95, I wasn't even married, you know, to my wife now of 20-some years. I think it's 25. Um, she was still finishing up her college degree at that time, and we moved down here. Thought it would be a stepping stone. Not. He ended up being the head coach from 97 to 2003. He decided to move back to Ohio, and I just loved it so much in Tarboro that uh, – i just decided to stay i became a born-again christian at that time and um the lord's he's blessed me more than i could ever imagine and so i just kind of took over Tarboro, and um that the rest is history
1: and hey, i want to just throw this out there real quickly you mentioned west mecklenburg here we are in in the queen city in charlotte how seriously did you guys consider west Mecklenburg? I, I truly consider you to be a Hall of Fame coach here within this state, and, and that would have been a huge acquisition for a school such as West Mecca. How, how seriously did you guys consider Charlotte? Well, that that was
2: our first interview, so it's the first time I've ever been to the state of North Carolina, and um, I, I just kind of, you know, I, I don't know. There there was a lot of uh, interesting questions during the course of the interview that I didn't feel comfortable with. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm, first of all I'm a small town guy too. I mean, I grew up in Ripman, Ohio. That's a small town. Went to Alliance, you know, um, Mount Union Division three school. I guess Alliance is kind of a small town. And I just didn't really feel comfortable in, in, in that big of a city. And then when um, – that was the first interview. And then uh, when we came to Tarboro, I'm just telling you, when I was driving in, you know, I just felt comfortable. I was like, yeah, I, I can – I like this town. I, I like this small city. So I'm just a small city guy. That's probably one of the reasons I've never left – people have always asked me, you know, don't you want to go and coach at a bigger school? And I mean, I I don't feel like I have anything to prove. I I just, sometimes you got to bloom where you're planted. I just feel like I've been, I've been planted in Tarboro and, and I love this community. I love the kids. I love my coaches. I love this town. And uh, yeah, I I just knew it early on. And uh, so here I am, I don't know how many years later, but uh, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to retire here and, um, I just been blessed.
0: That's great, and, I, and Guru, I think we're starting to get a trend here. You know, we get these Ohioans that come down to, to Charlotte and, and dominate. I, I think that's going to be kind of one of those characteristics we see of some of these great coaches. But, coach, you know, sure. as well-documented, you know, you've coached some incredible players. And, you know, of course, the first guy everybody thinks about whenever they, they think about Tarboro High School is Todd Gurley. And we all know of his well-documented success in the NFL. Uh, can you talk about what made him so successful? And kind of, you know, give us an insight into that first moment you realized he was going to be a special player. Um, well, I've been blessed to, obviously,
2: you know, I, I – you don't win this many state titles unless you got great talent. So let's start with that. Obviously, I got great talent, but I've also been around a lot of programs that have had great talent that have been in one state title. So um, I, I never underestimate my coaching staff and what they do. Uh, we try to do it professional. These guys are great. And then on top of that, I, I love these Tarboro kids. And what I've been most proud of, I mean, Todd, Todd is Todd. Obviously, uh, you, you knew when he was a sophomore down there dominating, you know, J. people think I'm crazy because I didn't even pull him up. But he played, he played JV football for me as a sophomore. So I don't know if that makes me an idiot or a genius. I don't know. You, you guys can debate it, but um, I pulled him up then obviously for the playoff run. So in 2009, when we won our first state title, Todd was number 45 on the kickoff team. That, that was his role. Um, I knew that guy was going to be special. And obviously, you know, he exploded on the scene his junior year. We couldn't have won, you know, the title that year without him. And then his senior year was the same thing. He was such a fun kid to coach. And to to watch him go on and and see what he's been able to do, he's been nothing but a blessing. I mean, um, he's given back to our program. He's such a humble young man. But what I think I'm really proud of is a lot of people think, well, you know, Tarboro football after Todd Gurley kind of disappeared. And I don't think we disappeared. I mean, we played for a state title in 12, we lost to a great East Lincoln team. And then, I mean, you know, there was um, a lull there, which we were still conference champions, but we were getting knocked out in the third and then the fourth round. And then over the last couple of years, obviously we've been able to come back and win three out of four state titles. And, Uh, You know, and without like a a player like Todd. And so I just think that's another testimony to my coaches that do a great job and, and these players that that work so hard, you know, so I still like to think, you know, we're one of the best programs in the state. Whether or not we have a running back as good as Todd. I'll probably never coach another Todd Gurley, but it was sure fun when it lasted. <laughs> no doubt
0: about it. <laughs> I so. Hey,
1: coach, uh, we've known each other a long time. And 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 one of our mutual friends, a uh, coach Paul Hoggard, who who not only has been a a good playoff rival of yours in the 1A ranks, uh, but also, you know, he was at Richmond County. He's won big four A state championships. And, and he tells me, that there's no question in his mind that the talent that you guys have at a Tarboro is on the same scale as a 4A. You guys may like numbers, uh, but I want to ask it to you in this way. I only bring up that to frame this question. You, you mentioned the small town of Tarboro, and, and I've been to it a hundred times. I mean, it certainly is a small town with a little bit of a big field, but it's a small town. How do you guys, especially in this era of numbers and within programs declining, keep, the numbers that you guys do have and just continue to keep those players working hard year after year. And I say it, the players' names may change, but the standard always seems to remain the same. The players always look the same. Uh, How how do you maintain a program at the scale you've done coming from just a small town? Um, I I think
2: it's all about expectations. And um, first of all, Coach Coach Hogger is one of the best coaches I've ever coached against. um, uh, that Edenton program is is loaded with talent as well. And uh, those guys do a great job. And, you know, I hope that they're up to 2A now. And I'm glad they're up to 2A. Um, and I hope they win a 2A state title. Not, not you know, don't offend any other coach out there. But um, we got to Lockhorns for four years. I've learned a lot from him just studying him and the great job that he does and the staff does has made me a better coach getting ready for them but you know at it, it is we are who we are and you know we we graduate usually 20 seniors every year but what we always talk about is you know you're going to be remembered for what you did your senior year and you know this year's no different i mean okay so we we got 20 I think 26 kids on the varsity were used to carrying 41, 42. We're used to being um, deep as as we can. And there there was a question. You know, my son uh, Clay was back at the game Friday, and I actually had to turn around and ask the sideline. I'm like, are there any other varsity DBs on this sideline that I don't know? And nobody raised their hand because we were getting so injured and so depleted. And I'm like, okay, is there any GV, JV players? that are on the sideline that play DB because we pulled five JV kids up. So our JV kids aren't playing right now because of COVID quarantine, but these kids weren't in the quarantine, obviously. And I just, a kid raised his hand and I said, welcome to the show, young man, get out there and play corner. And he went out there and I mean, he, he was fine, but I, I just, I just really believe kids in this generation, this is the bar. This is what, um what you were expected to meet and there's no excuse for not meeting it. And I think when you have that level of expectation and you model that level of expectation, I think 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old kids, they, they want something like that. They they want to, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna work as hard as I can, you know, to be as good as I can. And you know, this year's no exception. For Tarboro, I mean, everybody's—I think—in the same kind of situation. Numbers are down, and everybody's kind of young, and people have lost people because ineligibility and non-accountability, and we're all trying to establish. Um, no, I mean, we're, we're back to normal. So this is what you have to do, and and that's just what I try to um, model and represent for our community. Is the expectation never changes at Tarboro we may not get there every year. We may not win it every year. It's very tough to do. And people um, sometimes don't understand that. It's hard. I mean, there's a reason you don't have a team in any division that's won five or six or seven or eight state championships in a row. I mean, it's tough. It's high school football, but um, you know, that's our expectation is to win state titles. And we work our tail off every day um, year round to do that. And, Unfortunately, in life, sometimes you come up short, but um, you get right back at it, and that's what we're doing this year. So that's how we do it in
0: Tarboro. I understand, Coach, and I mean, it's been amazing to to see, even myself from afar, some of the great things that you've done. Uh, you know, in preparing for this interview, I think one of the most shocking things to me was that I read that when the Tarboro position opened up, I think it was in 2004, that you actually didn't even want the position and didn't think that you had aspirations to become a head coach. Is that correct, and can you kind of expound on that a little bit?
2: Oh, no, I had I had no aspiration to becoming a head coach. Uh, matter of fact, I, I'd be honest with you, I think I became the head coach because I was the last man in the room to take my hand down. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was actually looking looking forward to moving back to Ohio and uh, joining my, my good buddy Mike Shot and, and coaching back up there. And so they kind of pulled us all into a room because he kind of pulled the plug late. I think it was in July in 2004 when he decided to uh, move back to Alliance, which is his hometown. He's still there. And he's been very successful there and me and him are still very great friends to this day. And um, they were like, well, somebody's going to be the head coach and I'm kind of looking around the room at other people and everybody's kind of looking around at me and I'm like, I don't know what you guys are looking at me for. Um, I, I I wanted nothing to do with being head coach. I, I'm telling you a, a thousand percent, I can promise, but Um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give like God all the glory. Like I said, it it wasn't a coincidence. I became a born again, Christian about six months before all this happened. And I can remember going into my pastor's office, pastor Ricky Freeman, who's still a great friend of mine to this day. And he's like, listen, um, the, the, obviously the Lord's opened up this door for you. You need to step in on, on a leap of faith. And, um, obviously I did. And, um, you know, it's been it's been more than than I could ever imagine. So I really don't try to take hardly any of the credit for our success. I've, I've been blessed with great players and I've been able to build a great staff. And, you know, once we started going, I mean, I just believe I mean, I just, I just love our kids. I just believe I coach the best kids in America and I love them dearly. And, um, you know, we just grind and, you know, People got all upset about we lost to Rocky Mountain. I'm like, hey, <laughs> it's a loss. Sometimes you lose games. I mean, I wish I could never lose another one. I don't ever intend to lose. But, man, let's not let's not get all worked up in how we start. Let's, let's just October a football come December. How do we look, you know? And it's just always been the mindset. And, you know, it, it's just – I've just been blessed. And um, I, I can't say it any other way. It's nothing really that I've done. I just love coaching these kids. And I've got the great – Great staff, great kids, great community, and um, I'm just perfectly happy. I can't reiterate this enough to people out there in you know television land that don't quite understand why I why don't you get a challenge in three A or four A? First of all, I got plenty of challenges in one A <laughs> at dealing with my football team. They they keep me on my toes, um, but I, I'm just happy. And like I said, sometimes you just got to bloom where you're planted and it's not an aspiration of mine. Do I think we could do it at a higher level? Of course I do. But I don't think I have to do it to prove to anybody anything. I just, I'm just i just happy where I'm at. And like I said, I'm going to retire where I'm at, and I'll let the chips fall where they may.
0: Definitely, Coach. I think that's a great answer. And, you know, again, you talk about the the expectation and kind of standard of excellence. Well, you know, we talk about it here in Charlotte, some of the different rivalries we have, whether they're rivalries from history or, or as I call them, rivalries of excellence, where you have top teams that seem to battle. It seems like in the last few years, it's been a Tarboro versus East Surrey, you know, state final. And those games have seemed to be pretty memorable. And and you've seen some great performances by some some by your team and, of course, some by East Surrey. Can you talk about those games and kind of that rivalry of excellence uh, with Coach Loman and those East Surrey guys there?
2: Well, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, East Surrey kind of came on the scene unexpectedly, in my opinion, because I really don't study teams from the West that much until I have to, uh, because obviously it's usually Edenton I've got to meet, and so I'm studying Edenton to the nth degree. Um, So I think East Surrey might have beat – Mount Airy. I don't. I don't know that for a fact, but the first time we played for a state title, and um, you know we beat East Surrey rather handily that year, and but but I knew that they were a young team, and so I was very concerned because that that they they modeled me in two thousand and eight. We were a young team, and we played for our first state title, and Newton Conover absolutely wore us out. And they were by far the better team. And I kept telling our players and our coaches, I'm like, that team's coming back and they're going to have all those juniors back as seniors and they're going to have that mental edge. Because at that time we had obviously won, I think that was our second in a row. And I'm like, we, we, we got to get over this, the mental edge they're going to have. And I really don't know if we ever did. Uh, They played one of the best football games I've ever seen. Um, Their quarterback was phenomenal. We had no answer. And, you know, they beat us. My God, gave us uh, the worst whipping we've had in a long time. And the bad thing was for me is we couldn't get back to to avenge that in, in the fall. So that loss uh, sat with me and my players for a long time and to be able to at least get there in the spring and, you know, once again, play East Surrey for the third time, which if, if my facts are right, that's only the second time in the history of North Carolina that, um, you know, three years in a row in any division, the same team played for the state title and I tell you what, those kids are great from East Surrey. That coaching staff is great. Um, we were blessed to win this year, twenty-five to seven. So you know, it, I don't want to say avenge a loss, but that's what people say. But it was just about us, you know, winning a state title again. But I, there, there's nothing I can promise you. This Coach Loman and that coaching staff and that, that football team at East Surrey. I wish them nothing but the best because they are so well coached and they play so hard and it is a tough team to beat. And for us to be able to do it two out of three years in the state title, um, I think that's impressive on our end. And like I said, nothing but class from East Surrey. From it, Really from that whole part, you know, we played Mount Airy. I know they're kind of like, I think they were supposed to play this weekend and it got canceled or whatever, but. Like, that whole, that whole section of the state, man, great players, great kids, great programs, and it's been an honor for us to be able to play against them. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You can't win them all, and I've been blessed to win two out of three. And I told Coach Loman after the game, I'm glad you're going up to 2A. <laughs> uh, I've had enough of East Surrey. That's <laughs> no so good. Go do what you need to do up there. I'm just going to stay down in 1A. But um, nothing but respect for that program for sure.
0: Definitely. And I think, you know, from the neutral standpoint, I think we're going to miss uh, those battles, but I can, you know, as a coach, I can, you know, understand why you don't want to see them and are happy to see them go off to uh, a higher classification. But, Coach, you know, one of the, my favorite questions, I guess, to ask you more seasoned guys, and I get to ask Guru this all the time, you know, is you know, what moment was it for you that you realized that you'd been doing this thing for a while? You know, you've been coaching for a long time now. So, you know, where are those moments or what are those situations? Is it the, the music the kids are listening to or some of the dances or something like that? Can you give us a story that lets us know you're like, hey, I'm really an old guy out here?
2: <laughs> well, um, um, yeah, uh, I I don't know. To be honest with you, that's a very good question. I feel like I'm developing into the old guy for a while, and I really don't feel that old. I mean, I'm 51, but my God, I guess I can retire in, in three years. If I wouldn't have wasted two years in Ohio, my guy could retire soon. But I'll, I'll be honest. It's just, um, you know, a, a after you've been doing it for a while and, you know, you, you run into the same problems, and I always tell my kids – listen, you're, you're doing nothing new to me that I haven't seen. The only thing that changes is the face sitting in my office. So what you're trying to do, I've seen what you're being involved in. I've dealt with. So trust me, you're not really getting anything past me uh, anymore. And so I just, when that happened, I'll be honest. I don't know. um, But I know it happened. Um, And it was funny uh, you know, um when uh, I, I listened to our game in the in the state championship game, you know, when we when we uh beat East Surrey this year, and the announcer said, yeah, in the coaching legend, I'm like, coaching legend? <laughs> Who the hell are you talking about? I'm like, I, I don't feel like I've been doing it this long. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I will be referred to as a legend. I, I think I got some years what? left, but uh I'll be honest. I don't know when it happened, but I will say this, and this is a great story because I'm a huge ACDC fan. I have been since I've been like 10. And, of course, when our boys in the weight room, I just play them ACDC because it's clean. Of course, most of them wearing headphones or whatever. Well, our pregame against Bertie, um, or I'm sorry, against Hertford County, in our locker room, one of my boys came up. He's like, Coach, he's like, what's that? what's the name of that song that you if you hear it's a TNT I'm like TNT I said, that's Bon Scott that's ACDC but I said he's like okay so I can just put in TNT and I said yeah so I'm telling you in our locker room TNT was pumping and my boys were loving every minute of it and I just, if I could just if I could take a quick shot of this and send this to my boys, yeah. That I grew up with the Ripman, they wouldn't believe it. So <laughs> I, I've tried to shed them a little bit. You know, I listen to their music. I give them a little of my music, and I, you know, it's a great blend. But, but I tell you what, we have a good time. We love each other, and and uh, it, it's it, we just have a good time. We really do.
1: Hey Jeff, that's awesome. Hey, you mentioned that the players' faces have changed. You know, sitting across from me at the desk over the past twenty-five or so years. Uh, but how have you been able to maintain the same? standard of excellence and, and kind of continuing on to, to run the program you do with, with the changing of administrations within your whole school because I'm certain that you probably had different principles at different times H- how does that continue uh to go because sometimes you know the coach administrator relationship you know it's different than the coach player so how have you kind of been able to balance that
2: um we never make excuses and I never make excuses so I I I'm not trying to funny. I think I've maybe been under 10 principals in my time at Tarver High School. Um, I've had change of guards as superintendents. Um, and I just tell our kids it, it, it doesn't matter. That, that we're not – I mean, the standard is set. We're going to overcome any barriers that we have. I think the easiest thing to do in life is make excuses. And I, I, I'm not an excuse maker. I'm a problem solver. So if there's something in regard to our administration, and I've had great, great administrators at Tallborough High School. So there's no question about that. Um, so I always tell them when I get a new principal, my job is to make your job easier. Now I do need support from my administration. Don't get me wrong about getting football players. and wait, there, There's a system that I've put in place over the years that obviously I believe in. It's been very successful, but um sometimes things don't work out the way you want. That's life. And I tell my football players, one of our favorite sayings is we got to adjust and adapt. And if there's situations that come up that I can't control, okay, then we're going to figure out a way to make Tarboro football work the way it should. And so I think it's just real life principles of dealing with, you know, um, leadership and, You know, um, I just tell the kids, I mean, there's no excuse. There's never an excuse for us not being one of the best football teams in the state of North Carolina year in, year out. And so whatever we got to do on our end to make it work, it doesn't matter who sits in the principal's chair. It doesn't matter who sits in the superintendent's chair. In our opinion, it matters who sits in the head coach's chair and my assistant coaches and the players and whatever we have to do to make it work at our um, best level and that's what we're going to do and like i said we're a no excuse football team you know like i said last friday night we were we had we had freshmans running down you know on, on the kickoff team because we had nobody else left but there were still no excuses hey go down there and make a play so that's how i kind of look at it like i said uh, i'm not an excuse maker i'm a problem solver and i've always been that way and that's the way i'm always going to be
0: I love it coach that that's a great mentality to have and it's you know it's evident to see why you've been successful I've got to get to a little bit of football, though. You know, I've got to ask, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, young coach, you know, I'm more an air raid influence, guys, I like to say, but I grew up triple option. And so I think that kind of balance, as I call it, goes from Catholic to the holiness, I feel like, on the church spectrum. So I feel like I have a great respect for a lot of different, you know, a lot of different styles, a lot of different ways of playing the game. You know, everyone knows and has heard about the, you know, the infamous Tarborough T. You know, in the day, these days with the spread offenses and everybody trying to do, you know, all these kind of you know, crazy things What has kept you married to your system and just kind of give us a background of of what led you to the T formation?
2: Um, That's a great question. And believe it or not, sometimes people question, even in my own hometown, why we still run the Tarboro T. And first of all, I think it's important to have an identity. This is who we are. This is what we believe in. And this is our backbone of what makes us who we are. The kids run it. At the, uh, you know, the little little team level, they run it at the high school or the middle school level. They run it at the JV level. They run it obviously at the high school level. So, I've got coaches who basically now, I guess this could answer your question. I guess what I figured out I've been here for a long time is I've got coaches that I've hired that I coached, coaching the Tarboro T in all the different elements of our program. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm coaching, you know, um, I'm like, hey, oh, my God, you know, uh, I've got to coach your daddy. There's there's more and more of that, you know, coming up now. So I guess really that there's there's the answer to your question. But it is ingrained in our fiber that this is what we do. What people fail to understand is let's say I make a change next year. Listen, we're not going to run the T anymore. We're going to run the spread. Okay. I got to coach my middle school coaches to run the system. I got to coach my JV coaches to run the system. I got to go down to my rec league and try to teach them to run the system. That's all in place. That's what we're known for. That's our identity. And (laughs) people go nuts. Oh, my God. You lose a football game, you should be running the spread. Really? First of all, I don't know how to run the spread. So you're asking me to do something I don't even know how to do. And then you're asking me to coach my other coaches to do something I don't know how to do. Um, Is it the the new thing? I guess. But here's here's the way I look at it. Everybody runs the spread, right? Well, guess what? You got one week to prepare for Tarboro. And here comes this double tight T misdirection power offense that you ain't practiced against ever. You you ain't seen ever. You got three days to get ready for this. I'll be honest. I think it makes our team better. I wish more teams would run the spread. I don't mind defending the spread in our defense, but I think more teams have a tougher time if they're practicing against the spread. All week, and all of a sudden now here comes Tarboro in this double tight T. You got to man up a little bit, you know. Not that teams don't man up; they do, but it's just different. I think it's easier for my defense um, all summer long to go up against our double tight T, and then you know when we start playing spread teams, I mean we have our adjustments. I think that's easier than. Playing against spread teams all year, and all of a sudden you got three days. Here comes this misdirection, double tight T with the spread that we are the speed that we have. Um, so, I, I'll be honest, I think the older our T gets, I think the better it gets. I think it helps us. That's no, my I opinion. Agree. You won't see now. Here's what people don't believe we actually have a spread package, we just don't hardly run it. We practice it all the time, but we're not very good at it.
0: But we do practice it as a just in case, coach. I I agree with you one hundred percent. And I think it's funny now, you know, you know, being especially we had a a team in our conference, Lake Norman, who runs the triple. You know, we're in scout team, and heck, I had to get in there as quarterback and run it because no one else understood or had ever been around a triple option offense. So it definitely creates a competitive advantage for you with the T formation, coach. So I love it. I mean, phone booth football is still alive and well, and and I do you appreciate watching it and even my friends that coach out there that, you know, get to see it. So, no, that's great, Coach. So another question I've got to ask, you know, Coach, you know, I'm a, I'm a young coordinator. I, you know, I love to talk and could fill a whole podcast on terrible play calls that I've had and, and things that I've done. I always laugh about the time I wanted to go up-tempo and go fast but only had 10 players on the field. And the ref's looking at me like, hey, dummy, you have 10 players on the field. What would you say was one of the worst play calls that you've made and kind of that one where you're just like, why the hell did I call that? um well i
2: i am lucky i don't make a whole lot of them because i have an offensive coordinator so i can push the blame on him <laughs> and i have a defense coordinator and i can push the blame on him but I, I i will tell you without a doubt um we were playing i think it was my god i think it was Franklinton, and i always lose the name of the school but the, the kid now i think is the running back at north carolina And so right before the half, I told my offense coordinator, Coach Babb, I said, let's do that quarterback um, throwback. Because we had the ball like on the 40. It was the last play of the half. And I said, let's go ahead and and let's run that. I'm like the trick play guy. I'm like, okay, I think the defense is set up. Let's go ahead and run this play. And that joker – picked the damn ball off on the goal line and returned it a hundred yards for a touchdown on the last play of the first half. Um,
0: oh. <laughs> I, like, oh my goodness.
2: I, I couldn't turn around. Usually I could turn around and you know complain to somebody. What kind of call was that? What do you think? Hell, that was my call. <laughs> I had to eat it. So yeah, on the last call, um, as the half was ending, I thought I would get cute, and um, it cost me a 100-yard pick six, and um, we, it was, we won the game, thank God, but um, yeah, I, I think I would have to um, rank that up there as that would be my worst play call, and I don't know if I've ever called another offensive play call after that. <laughs>
0: That is that is perfect. That's, you, that's the call we need. You, did. Like, you have just that's
2: your assistance, right? They, they, those guys are smarter oh, yeah,
0: than me. Yeah. Oh, I get involved, I, I screw things up for God's sake. He should have told him. He told them to open the offensive coordinator, "Hey, you gotta you gotta veto me. That's that's not a good call. You gotta tell me." <laughs> I love it, <laughs> Coach. I, I have one more question I have to ask you. You know, this is a this is a question I always like to ask guys like yourself, you know, that have been so successful. So, you know, for younger coaches entering this profession, what would be one piece of advice for you that you would give them, uh, if, you know, as they navigate through their young career?
2: Um, I'll be honest. That's a, that's really an easy answer for me. And I failed early on as an assistant. Um, when, when you are a young head coach, establish your culture and, and don't bend. Um, there, there's no easy fixes for wins, don't don't look for oh this guy's really really good. He's going to help me win a couple games. I may let him slide on maybe coming late to a meeting or you know late to. I mean you're talking to the guy that uh, you know I kicked Todd Gurley out of practice because he came late after I implemented a team rule. Not only wrong. I'm not talking bad about Todd because Todd was great 99.9 percent of the time, but I implemented a rule that about this help session stuff. Well, you didn't even so, but but here comes Todd, like around five fifteen, coming with the practice with a uh, a note, and I said, "Well, Todd, guess what? You, I told you this is not acceptable." And I sent him in, and I did. I set him out for a half that Friday night, um, and that's the only issue I've ever had with Todd. But that that's the thing with with coaching. you, You have to, whatever job you're at, you got to coach it like it's your last. And don't treat it like it's a stepping stone to a better job. Dig your heels in with discipline. I believe the kids will raise their expectations. Try to hire the best coaches you can. Believe in who you are and believe in what you do. Don't get swayed by social media. Trust me, I get under attack on social media. My bad I've lost you know a couple games in five years and I get blasted. Um, I don't care. So just do what you believe in, stick true to your gun, and I, I firmly believe if coaches do that, then they have a really, really good chance of succeeding.
1: Well, deep. Deep response, Coach. I love it. Um, well, hey, I got. I appreciate you so much for spending this time with us this evening. I mean, this has been incredible, Coach. We've, we've gotten everything we could have ever asked for you in this. Um, but I've got one question that I like to ask coaches. You know, you and I have known each other for a long time. So, you know, and, and fortunately, and I've got to kind of stage this on question with how fortunate and lucky I was a couple years ago for the Carolina Panthers to call me and ask me to write the paper on you uh, to – Nominate you for the Don Shula Award, which is the top high school coach in the United States. And, and just a tremendous honor, one, to have a team ask to, to write a paper on you. Uh, but to you, you're the runner up. You got to go off to the Pro Bowl and I believe the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that, that was an incredible honor for you personally. Uh, and I just wanted to tell that story so people knew that. But, but, my, but my real question is, is you know, I'm not going to be covering prep football for my whole life. You, unfortunately, you know, you can't coach Tarboro forever. One of these days, we're going to hang up the whistle. We're going to quit doing what we're doing, and we're going to sit here in the recliners and watch the next crew come through. But when your days are finished here at Tarboro and when you decide to coach your last game, what do you want the people to remember about Jeff Craddock? I mean, you know, uh, the the coaching on the field, you know, the interaction with the players, the the impact you've made on the community. And trust me, I've seen that too. Uh, just what do you want people to remember Jeff Craddock for? Um, I hope they remember me. I'm just, I, I try to be a
2: great person. Um, I try to be honest. Um, I love people. Uh, I've, I've done my all to try to respect any opponent that I've ever played against. Um, I hope nobody ever would say anything about that. This guy was cocky. This guy was arrogant. Um, I try to be the opposite of all that. I hope that people would, would know me, I guess, my inner circle, that I'm a great husband, that I, I've been a great dad. I have four beautiful children. Um, if, they, if, if they don't like what I did as a, as, as a football head coach, that really doesn't bother me. I hope they see me as, like I said, a good Christian man who stood by his principles, tried to do things the right way, of course, I fail. I slip like everybody else, but I I really want them, the people, just to know the the man that I am, that I try to be more than more than the football coach. That that means more to me than anything. So, I guess if we have to wrap this up with that, I just hope when people say, "Well, what do you think about Coach Craddock?" If you ever met him, you know, I hope they would say, "You know what? Yeah." I coached against him or I coached with him. he's a great coach, but he's a really, really better man than he is a coach. that that would mean more to me than than coaching ability. because once again, coaching ability has to be matched with assistant coaches and players and you know, I have, that, that that's that's what I would hope they would say.
1: Coach, you've been phenomenal. We appreciate you joining Coach Grice and myself here talking preps over time. Uh, I appreciate your time. And, man, this has been great. Thank you.
0: Thank
2: you. I tell you what, guys, I couldn't thank you enough. It's been fantastic. And thank you so much. I appreciate it.